This is the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 112. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm Monica Louie, and I am bringing you another incredible interview with another inspiring entrepreneur. My guest today has grown an online business to seven figures in a fairly new niche. We're diving into his funnels, his promotion strategies, and a whole lot more. But first, if you're new to the podcast and you don't know me yet, I want to welcome you. I am Monica Louie. I'm a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, and I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six, seven, and eight-figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook Ads, which is my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than $3 million in ad spend and served thousands of students and clients, and we are in the trenches every single day keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. As you know, Facebook and Instagram ads are always changing. So if you want to stay in the know with all of the changes related to Facebook and Instagram ads, join my free email newsletter. When you join at monicalouie.com guide, you will get my free Facebook ad starter kit as a bonus. Now this podcast is all about what it takes to flourish to seven figures. And my guest today has done just that. When we first met a few years ago in Pat Flynn's SPI Accelerator program, he was just getting ready to quit his day job at the FBI. Since then, his business has flourished and he's here to share what's worked and what hasn't on his journey to seven figures and beyond. My guest today is the incredible David Young. David is a Lakeland native who has been living in Washington, D.C. with his wife and sons for the past seven years and is now back in his home city. After graduating from Lakeland High School, he briefly attended Florida Institute of Technology, where he received his private pilot's license. After realizing that he had a passion for numbers and business, he transferred to Florida State University, where he graduated with a bachelor's degree in accounting and finance. David also received his master's degree in finance from John Hopkins University in Washington, D.C., is a certified public accountant, certified in financial forensics, and is a certified fraud examiner. Combining his passion for numbers and background in aviation, David founded Drone Launch Academy in 2016. Drone Launch Academy is an online school with over 20,000 students that gives people the knowledge and tools they need to safely and profitably use drones for business. They partner with industry experts to train students how to take and pass drone-related FAA exams, start and grow drone businesses, and implement new drone technologies and skills. As you'll hear, David is a family man. He's hilarious, and he has been a real joy to get to know. I know that you're going to love hearing his story. But before we dive in, I want to make sure you know that you can find all the links and resources that we mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash 112. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E dot com slash the number 112. All right, here's my interview with David Young from Drone Launch Academy. Hey, David, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. Always nice to chat with you. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Monica. No, I appreciate you having me on. All right, so let everybody know who you are and what you do. Sure. So my name is David Young. I'm the founder of a company called Drone Launch Academy. 
And Drone Launch Academy is a online e-learning platform where we teach people about how to use drones for commercial purposes. So for business, doing cinematography, we have a new course coming out on mapping. So you can work with construction companies and do inspections, things like that. So everything in the world of commercial drones and training up drone pilots. That is so cool. Uh, how did you even get into drones? How did you get into this? Yeah, this is a good question. So when I was, you rewind a lot, when I was like 17, finishing up high school, I always wanted to be a commercial pilot and had my sights set on that. Of course, I don't really know who really knows what they're doing when they're 17 years old, but that was what I wanted to do at the time. So I applied to some flight schools. I got in, um, got a little bit of scholarship money. So I went away to college my freshman year and learned how to become a pilot. And as I was up in those tiny little airplanes that were built in like the 1970s, uh, I realized, you know what? I don't know if I love flying as much as I thought I did because they're uh, very small, got a claustrophobic inside. And they always talked about like my, my instructors and my professors were like, well, you know that the fifth time I had an emergency landing and had to crash it into a field, like that was a pretty bumpy one. And I'm like, what? So it was more of a, it seemed at the time to my 17 year old brain, doesn't matter of when you crash land your plane, not if you're going to uh, crash land your plane. So I was like, hmm, I don't know if, if this is what I want to be doing. So I was like, well, I'll finish it up. I'll just push through the anxiety of, of flying small airplanes and I'll finish it up, get my pilot's license and I'll switch and do something else. And so I, I finished up my freshman year, got my pilot's license and decided I was going to pursue a career where my feet were on the ground and I liked business. So I was like, I'm just going to do business. And so I went to Florida State University purely because I just had a bunch of friends up there from high school, which is always a good reason to choose uh, a university. And I went there and I said, I want to do business. And they're like, well, you can't just do business. You have to like pick something inside of business. So I was like, all right, well, what are my options? So like finance, accounting, marketing, real estate, all this stuff. I didn't know any of these were. So I was like, well, finance sounds fun. I could probably work at a bank or something. So let's do that. So I did finance and then I later added accounting. Then I thought I wanted to work at a bank. And then I got to the end of college, found out that it was kind of hard to get a job at like an investment bank, especially coming from Florida State. And I got an interview with the FBI, which I thought was kind of funny at the time. I thought, well, I'll just do this because it'll be funny to say that I interviewed, you know, with the FBI. What, what the heck? You know, it's like you go to career services and they just list like all the different jobs and interviews you could possibly do. So I was just like shotgunning my resume to everything. But I interviewed with them. It was good. And they flew me to D.C. for a second round interview. They offered me a job. And I was like, well, shoot, I did this as a joke. But now they're uh, offering me a job. So I was about to get married at the time. And uh, my wife actually was a nurse or finishing up nursing school. She found a job in Washington, D.C. as well like her like dream job. I was like, well, shoot, well, let's just give it a shot. So I worked for the FBI, ended up working for them for about eight years, doing some like financial accounting stuff, forensic accounting. I did a little bit of budget stuff at the beginning. And uh, while I was towards the end of that, I was on a group, I was doing forensic accounting stuff. And there was a guy in my group, was a, he was a former army special operations guy. And he had done some stuff with drones while he was in the military. And he was talking to me about drones and telling me to check them out. We would watch videos together of drones. This is like 2015 or so. And then that year I got a, for Christmas, I got a little remote control helicopter from my dad. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. We're checking it out. Well, I found out that if you, that people were using drones to, to make money or they were starting to, like you drones were used, being used in different capacities. But in order to do that, at the time at least, you had to have like a full-on pilot's license. And I was like, well, look at that. I got a pilot's license from like 10 years ago and it's still valid. So I thought, sweet, that's like a nice barrier to entry. And this could be a cool little side business. So I started looking into it. I did this paperwork process that you had to do with the FAA to legally fly your drone 
for business because uh, they didn't really have a smooth process yet since drones were relatively new. And so I did this horrible paperwork process. You had to like do all this research and write all this stuff up from scratch on a blank document and submit it to some random place on the internet. It was just like not a good process. And I thought, well, if I'm having a hard time with this, I bet other people are too. Maybe I could throw up a little uh, Squarespace site with a form because originally, basically I got it down to like, okay, here's the information I need. I just, you know, but you could interchange a lot of like the form is good, but I just kind of, you could plug and play a lot of the information, like the types of drones, the name of your business, the location of your business, right? But the form would work no matter what. So I put up a little form. I said, Hey, listen, if you don't want to navigate this process, just give me these like seven pieces of information and I'll put it into my form. I'll file it for you. I'll give you the link. I'll kind of do the paperwork for you. And I started running some Google ads. I had no idea what I was doing. Never run a Google ad in my life, but just happened to be in a newer I guess market, there's not really a ton of people bidding on those keywords necessarily. So it was pretty cheap and very profitable. And so within, I don't know, two months, I was making more money filing FAA paperwork than I was <laughs> working for the FBI. So I did that for a little while, rode that gravy train for about three or four months. And then the FAA is like, okay, this process is obviously terrible. We're going to come out with a test that you have to take if you want to fly drones commercially instead of this old process. So now you don't have to go get a pilot's license and all that other jazz just to fly something that looks like a toy. So when that news came out, everybody's like, oh, we're just going to wait for that. And so the business kind of died overnight. And I was like, well, that's a bummer. So luckily I'd saved most of that money. And I was like, all right, well, I guess the next play is to make a prep course for this test they're coming out with. So I started doing a bunch of research. I went to a conference that they're having in Washington, D.C., some drone group organization. It was, I thought it was a conference. It ended up being basically like a hotel ballroom with like 50 people. But that actually worked out pretty well because I met two people there because everybody kind of talked pretty closely. And those people ended up agreeing to partner with me to create a prep course. So we created this, it's called the part 107 exams, what everybody refers to it as. So we created a prep course for that test and I launched it in 2016, late 2016, around when the test was coming out. Failed miserably at marketing it. Couldn't sell anything. Thought about just giving it away for free. Decided just to stay the course. And it ended up working. And so just on that course alone, I think we just crossed over the $2 million mark in sales. I have it, I'll have my computer up here. We've had almost 16,000 people go through that course as of this date. Yeah, we're like 2.1 something million in sales on that course alone. So that's that's pretty cool. And then we've we've added other courses since then. So we started partnering with a lot of other experts in the drone industry. They have some expertise. They don't really know how to make a course. They don't have an audience or anything like that. We built up the audience and got good at marketing and making courses and all that. So we would partner together and either teach it with them or help them teach it and then offer it to our audience. And now we have, I don't know, something like 16 courses. Some of them are very small, like mini courses, but uh, about, you know, over well over a dozen courses on our platform taught by a wide range of instructors with the goal of helping people safely and profitably use drones for business. So that's kind of the, the business progression in a, in a nutshell. I guess it would be worth mentioning, yeah, I did on the side for a while when I was working for the FBI. And then I quit my job in April of 2018. So now we've been, I've been doing this full-time for a little over three years running the business and, and growing it. So it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. I love that story. Okay. Because you and I met at what? Spring of 20, was it 2018? It, it was because right we after I quit my job ready. is when I got in. Yeah. 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 I remember when you announced. And so we, we joined Pat Flynn's SPX accelerator together and did that first year together. And I remember, I think when you started, you were still like, you were, you were approaching your final days at the FBI and we were like, wow, David works for the FBI. 
And, uh, <laughs> and then you're like, I'm quitting my job. <laughs> yeah. Like, not for long. Yeah. No, I loved it. I loved it there. It was cool work, but you know, I just had, I saw this business growing and thought it would be a really cool opportunity. And I've always, I've always wanted to work for myself too. So I just thought it'd be, you know, I thought it'd be good. You know, my boss, everybody at the FBI was like, Hey, if you ever want to come back, you know, just coming back. Although it would have taken probably like a year to get back in just for like background check stuff. But, um, but at least I knew like I had a fallback. I'm like, all right, like I have my CPA license. I have good, you know, experience. Like if this totally implodes, I could go get a job at like an accounting firm or something like that. Right. Yeah. Looking back, did you have these signs as a kid that you were, would want to be an entrepreneur? I know you said when you went to college, you looked, you know, you said, I like business, I'll major in business. And so did you have these like other signs? Some people, you know, I find it so fascinating. Some people are like, oh yeah, I was selling things on the corner as an eight-year-old or whatever. And then others like me didn't even realize this could be a thing and that I could have my own business until much later. So I'm just wondering where you fall on that. Yeah. None of that. Yeah. I, I, all this whole, like, I was selling lemonade on the corner and I've always had the itch and the, but no, zero, none of that. I was like born to be an employee basically. No, I, I, I never thought that. I just, I always, I always was fascinated by aviation, I guess, growing up. And I wanted to be a, first I wanted to be a fighter pilot. And then I, and then I joined civil air patrol, which I love civil air patrol. It was great. I did this while when I lived in New Hampshire as a kid. So if anybody's listening and they're part of civil air patrol, like it's great. I, I loved it. But in order to move up within civil air patrol, it's like basically ROTC for the air force for like kids in like middle school and high school. So uh, in order to move up in Civil Air Patrol, you have to go to this thing called encampment, which is basically like a one-week boot camp for like middle school and high schoolers. And I'm, it's pretty, it's pretty light stuff. It's nothing crazy. But I just remember going. I got really homesick. At the beginning, they try to be like real tough on you and like be real harsh and yell and stuff. I mean, this is at least how I interpreted it through my like whatever twelve-year-old brain. And I was like, I hate this. I don't want people yelling at me, telling me what to do. Like. I'm not, this is not my cup of tea. So that's when I was like, maybe I'm not cut out for the military. So I was like, all right, fighter pilot is out. Let's go with commercial pilot. You know, this is a good track. So that's what I kind of decided from all of high school. So I, I always liked aviation. So that part, but but entrepreneurship, not really. You know, the only thing is, you know, my uncle or my grandmother started a car dealership, like a Chrysler Dodge dealership. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then in college, some of my classes, I guess I got creative one time and, you know, I noticed a lot of people weren't showing up for this business law class. That was actually kind of hard. And so I just took really meticulous notes and I recorded the audio for all the lectures and then uh, organized all the notes. And you could send out like email blasts to your whole like class if you had questions about things. And so basically like right before the tests, I'd blast out like, hey, if anybody didn't go to class and doesn't know what to study for this test, I've got very detailed notes of everything. And uh, let me know if you want them. And I sold them to these people. <gasps> so some people got mad. They're like, oh, come on, man. Just it's the Christmas, it's the holiday season giveaway for free. I'm like, dude, show up to class. And you don't have to worry about it. So so I made someone, I made a couple hundred bucks doing that. And because, well, the bookstore at the university sold similar thing. I don't remember, they had like a name or something, like certain type of notes, not cliff notes, but you know, something like that. Right. And where they were real detailed, like from previous students that would write them up. So you could buy them there. So I just I undercut that a little bit. You know, some people were happy to buy them and they passed their test because they knew what to study. So I guess, you know, a little, little dip into test prep right there. But that was really the only thing. But it was once I got to the FBI and I started working a job, I thought this is cool, but it's I just love the idea of my rewards being directly tied to my effort, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoyed working for the government, but one downside about the government is that the reward to effort equation is typically not there. You know, it's you kind of are working hard just for... Because um, you want to do a good job. 
and you like the, and you like the job, but but not necessarily for more compensation. It's not like, oh, if I catch more bad guys, I get paid more money. No, it's new. So it's not really how it works. Yeah. So so I liked that idea. So I started reading books about consulting and different jobs, and I started doing some accounting consulting on the side. And that I would say is when I really kind of got really interested in entrepreneurship and starting my own business. And honestly, I started listening to Pat Flynn on drives and commutes. I started listening to Pat. And then you just hear about all these other stories of people doing creative things and cool solutions and you know digital businesses and all that. And so I would say, you know, it was after I started a full-time job that I really started getting into the entrepreneurial side of my brain, I suppose. That's so cool. Okay. So, and, and doing quite well, but so when you left, I mean, I remember you were excited, but a little bit nervous. Cause you're like, I'm going all in with the business and you have a family, oh, yeah. you have, you have a lot of young kids. And so how many kids do you have and what are their ages right now? Yeah. So right now I've got three of my own kids and we have a foster daughter. She's been with us for about two years. And then uh, my wife's pregnant with our fourth biological oh, child due in September. Yeah, thanks. So I got a son. I got three boys. So seven, five, three, our foster daughters, two, and then, you know, one on the way. But at the time I quit in 2018, we had just had our third kid and my wife uh, wasn't working because we had moved to Florida in 2017 and I was already doing the business. And I was like, well, I'm making some money from this business. She didn't have to work to like, you know, make our ends meet. So I was like, well, let's just hold off until, you know, if this business nosedives, then maybe you go get a job. So yeah, when I quit, I was the only source of income, three kids, and I thought I had saved up a pretty good amount of money. But looking back, I really had it. I had about two months, two to three months of runway in the bank. That was it. So, so, and then I, and I honestly, after I quit, I like looked back at like the last few months of per, like financial performance in the business. And I was like, oh, wow, this isn't as strong of a business as I had originally thought, you know? Uh, and then I committed to Pat's group because he announced, hey, I'm doing this accelerator group you know, and I applied to that and I got in, which I was like, oh, this is perfect timing because I have no idea what I'm doing and this will be really helpful. But, you know, that was, you know, it's, that was a definite investment too, but I'm super glad I did it. It, it really paid off obviously because, you know, I met great people like you and everybody else in the group and those relationships lasted and I learned a ton about just how to do this business. But yeah, I was looking back, I was like, wow, that was kind of a, <laughs> that was kind of a stupid move. But sometimes I think you just got to like, there's never a good time. You know what I mean? I mean, there are better times right. and worse times, but sometimes you just got to go for it. And there's just something about people, you know, if you're forced to figure it out and make it happen, you know, people just end up making it happen. So yeah. sometimes it's just good to have that pressure on yourself. Yeah. Like Tony Robbins will say, burn the boats or like even yeah. with having kids, like there's no great time to have kids. There's always something else going on, you know, but you know, if you're, sure. if you want to have a family, then you go for it. So, okay. So leaving your job, this was back in 2018. Yep. Things were not as solid, not as strong looking back as you would have liked them to be. But now, I mean, things have grown. You've got a full library of courses under your belt and a, and a team. I mean, I can see on your website, you've got, you've got a large team and a big team of instructors. So what has happened since then? And what, what has made the difference to help you have more stability in your business and more growth also? Yeah, I think the big thing when I started off is, you know, people, I think people are, are mistaken in any business they do. They get the whole, you know, if you build it, they will come type of thought process going through their head. Like, oh, I just got to start a business and then people will, will call on me to work for them or people will start buying my courses. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how far that is from the truth. If you create the best course in the world and then you put it online, you will probably have zero sales unless you have a pre-existing audience. You know how to do a lot of really great 
you just happen to be great at marketing or something. The quality of your course, if you have no audience and no marketing, the quality of your course doesn't matter at all. Now, if you have great marketing, but your course sucks, obviously people are going to figure that out and, you know, people will stop buying from you eventually. But right. I, I put all the emphasis in my mind at first on like, hey, I just got to make this an awesome course. And then people will just find about, they'll just find it on their own. They'll find out about it and they'll buy it and I'm going to get rich, which is just like the stupidest thing of all time. Now it pays off now that I put a lot of effort into that course and made it really good. I'm not saying to like make something that you're not proud of, right? But just know where the, if you're looking at, hey, what's going to, what's going to make my business a success or a failure, you have to know the marketing piece or else nothing else matters is what I'm kind of trying to say. So, so I really try to invest hard on learning marketing, digital marketing courses, branding, messaging, understanding people's problems. I mean, I think the biggest thing I've learned is it just comes down to really understanding your customers, like people on your email list, talking to them, listening to them, sending out emails, asking for their feedback. So the more I've done that and understand like, Hey, here's what, here's what they're interested in. Here's what their problems are. Here's all this stuff that helps you figure out, oh, well, then maybe I need to make a course on this or my next thing should be this or I should write more information. You know, when you start to do that, that's really helpful to understand how you should position what you're offering. I think a lot of people, they make a course based on what they know and not based on what people actually need. And so that's why it doesn't really work well. So, um, but then there's all this other stuff around knowing how to do paid advertising or affiliate relationships or SEO, you know, you gotta, you gotta pick some traffic source and, and get that rolling. Um, so I had to learn all that, but yeah, I think marketing was the big, a big difference maker in my business. And when I started to, to turn the corner, you know, and as you get more people on your email list and you get better search rankings and, you know, just your business continues to, to live and, and get out there more and you're meeting more people, it just naturally, it grows over time as long as you're still active and staying at it. So I think that helps smooth out the bumps. And I tried not to try not to upgrade my living standards too much as my income goes up because just because you have a couple of great months or a launch, you don't want to go out and like, oh, I'm going to buy a new house, you know, because then, you know, you could have another quarter that's maybe not so fruitful. So I'm just got to plan it, plan in advance for that stuff. And it takes a lot of the stress off if you, if you live below your means. So when you first, when you first launched the course, you said that it didn't really sell. And so what did you do to change that? And what have you improved since then to help have more consistent sales? I mean, did you like work on a funnel? Did you, was it traffic? What, what were the key areas that you kind of focused on in order to help drive sales? When I first, well, I'll tell you what I did when I first started that didn't work. So I thought if you have it for sale and somebody needs it, they're just automatically going to buy it. You know, I didn't factor in trust, credibility, relationships, anything like that into the, into the buying equation. So I thought, all right, why well, don't you get people on an email list and just shoot them out that I have this, this course and they'll buy it. I was like, all right. So I, I gave away a drone, like a $1,500 drone. That was part of my savings that I had for my first thing I tried with the, you know, doing the paperwork for people. So I bought a $1,500 drone. I did a giveaway. I did one of those things where it's like, Hey, if you share this giveaway link and someone else signs up, you get bonus points and all that. So I ended up getting 5,000 emails from that, which is pretty, looking back, I was like, that's pretty good actually. So that is really I got 5,000 emails from that. A bunch of them got put up, but I will say giveaways are not your best email subscribers, just to note. So, cause they're just going for free stuff. They may, they're probably not buyers. Like if you saw, hey, get a free iPad or get a free TV. Like you could not be interested in programming electronics at all. And you're like, so a lot of people would sign up for that because they think it's a cool drone. They're not interested in like, taking a test for commercial drone operations. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I did that. 5,000 people 
a thousand of them bounced when I sent my first email. So that went to 4,000. So if you're not familiar with bounced, basically means like undeliverable email address. So I think people were just putting in a bunch of uh, random ones to get more bonus points. Lesson learned there. So I, I, I finished the course and I thought, all right, I'm just going to launch it out. I'm just going to hit them with the offer day one. Like I don't need to, no intro email, no nothing. My friend was like, who, who built my website for me, he said, hey, you know, you might want to like send them a few emails to like introduce yourself, talk about the process, kind of warm them up a little bit. And I was like, no, if I start sending them emails like that, they're just going to start unsubscribing and they're not going to see my offer. So I got to hit them with it right away. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's like, all right, which was a hor horrible idea. So I think I may have sent one email first. And then the second email was, hey, I've got this thing. I'm going to sell it for $300. But if you act right now, you can get in for $99, something like that. Sent that out to 4,000 people. And I hit send. I remember being real nervous. I texted my friend who ended up building my, or had helped build my website. And I was like, all right, man, the email sent 4,000 people. Let's go. I just like, all right, let me get my bank account warmed up and ready for all the money that's about to flow in, you know? And two people ended up purchasing it for $99. So yeah, my total revenue was $198. And I had spent uh, $1,500 on a drone. And I had spent a couple hundred dollars on gear, several thousand dollars to get the course edited. And I did like animations and graphics and then I had software. So I was in the hole, tens of thousands of dollars. And I just remember being so depressed, like this isn't gonna work. Nobody wants this. I thought I was just going to like kind of just sell. I just remember being so bummed for like a long time, like weeks probably. Well, we hear those stories all the time of, at least I have on, you know, many podcasts over the years of, you know, oh, I had this tiny email list. I just sent an email and I just started making sales. You know, I made this $15,000 launch from, you know, 500 people on my email list. And so I can understand like when you're brand new, you're like, I put so much work into this course. It's a great course. And, you know, I just got to let people know about it and they're going to be interested. And you did try and vet by, you know, giving away something relevant, so I can understand where you were coming from, but you've since learned many things I, I can see. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I mean, I spent six months making this course and I was staying up till 3 a.m. on weeknights, writing all the curriculum. I mean, I was killing myself for this thing and because the, the, the test was coming out in August and I was like, all right, I need to have this thing ready to go when the FAA launches this test. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't have it done. And I think I launched it in like October maybe after well one one thing i here's here's a big here's a big factor a competitor of mine who I've now they i become friends with them they're real cool nice people they had started a blog like two years prior about drones they built up an audience i think they had an email list of something like fifty thousand people and when the test came out they came out the test prep course too and there's i've never taken it but I've, i know other people have taken it and it's great so i'm like cool it's good product they're also on teachable so like it, it's a comparable type of thing and they sell theirs for, for much more than I sell mine for, because honestly, they have way better SEO than me. So they, they were selling theirs for like 300. And I think in the first like month or two, they got a thousand customers. And I was like, oh man, if they put their course up and they got a thousand customers, they made $300,000. I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, man, I just got to get this thing live because then that, that, that's going to happen to me. I discounted the entire two years that they had put in before that, <laughs> building a website, building an audience building an email list, building trust, all that stuff, right? So that by the time you did have something to sell, people trusted that it was going to be good. They liked you, all that other stuff that you need to actually sell something. So, so yeah, so I, I was, I was pretty bummed, but then I went back to the drawing board and I ended up pursuing affiliates as my, that was like the real thing that got me out of the, the slump. So I, I started reaching out to different drone blogs. This one affiliate 
the drone girl, Sally French. She, again, I'm still friends with her today. She's great. She's promoted a lot of stuff for us. I said, hey, we've got this prep course. I saw that she also was an affiliate for that other company that I mentioned earlier. I said, hey, I've got a course too. You know, I, I think it's good. We've got some different instructors. It was a little bit different than some of the stuff they had at the time. I said, you know, if you want to promote this one as well, that'd be great. Let me know. I sent that email and I was like, please God, let her say yes. You know, she emailed back. She's like, sure, that'd be great. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. So, you know, the, then the sales started to roll, not like crazy roll in, but she would start referring people and it would be, you know, $1,000 a month, $2,000 a month. I think I had 2,500, maybe, maybe I cracked $3,000. This was towards the end of, uh, end of that year, 2016. And so that at least gave me some money in the door that I could spend to try out other things like paid ads or, you know, at least have some operating money. So I, so I, I used the affiliates to get some cash trickling in. And then I started messing around with Google ads and figured that out a little bit more and got that dialed in. And then the spring of 2017 is when our revenue really started to tick up because I figured out Google ads, more people knew about this test, I think. And we just kind of got our, our messaging dialed in a little bit better and like, you know, helping people understand why they would want to take it and, and we had an email sequence at that point to help nurture people a little bit more, give them five free lessons and tell, teach them more about what's on the test. You know, like I didn't realize that you have, you know, people, they want to be like, you have to educate people. I mean, all of this is obvious now, but like you kind of have to walk them through things, show them value first before they're going to go out and, and buy stuff. So, you know, you learn all those things every year. But now I think the biggest thing I've underestimated is just on average, how long someone needs to hear from you before they end up purchasing from you on average, you know? So, so now, you know, we get leads in, but we don't expect them to buy a course from us right away, right? They'll read our emails for five months, six months sometimes before they're like, okay, no, this course looks right for me and I want to do this and dive in. Maybe they'll listen to our podcast, you know, they just, they want to get to know you more. And, and then when you have an offer that's compelling to them, they're, they're much more willing to trust that you're actually going to help them achieve what they're trying to do, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, so many important lessons there, but your course also, I mean, you did work really hard on the course and I mean, we know now it, it definitely works. It definitely helps people get results. And so what is your pass rate? I know you've got a guarantee. Can you share like those details and those numbers? Yeah. Uh, Pat, last time I calculated the pass rate, it was like 99 points something. Right. And it's that high, the pass rate for our, like people are for our students. And the reason is reason it's high is because if you don't, and that's measured by like, so if you don't pass, we refund your money and we pay your testing center fees. So we actually lose money if you don't pass. And I had, I waited to offer that until I was like really confident that our, our test prep course worked. And so our pa the pass rate is for people who actually complete our program. If you buy our program and then never open it and then go take the test, like that, that's kind of on you, you know what I mean? But we make you get like an 80%, I think on our final exam before you take your test in order to kind of qualify for that. So it's like, hey, you've gone through material, you've studied it, you've, you can pass, like, you know, the information, you know, so you should be set to pass the actual test. So I, I originally started offering, I think we were the first company to, to do the whole, if you don't pass, we'll pay your testing center fees too. And now, you know, a bunch of people have done that I th in my brain. I think we were the first, we may not have been, I'm not sure. I was reading a book by, I think it's Jay Abraham. It's like getting everything you can out of all you've got or so I might be messing that title up, but it's a really good book on marketing. I'd highly recommend it. Uh, and in there, he talks about it, call it something called a beyond risk, uh, beyond risk free. All right. So you got to make uh, to make your offer beyond risk free. So like if it doesn't work for someone, they're actually going to end up in uh, they're not going to be out anything or they may even be better off than when they started. 
So I thought, well, how can I do that? Because that's a good differentiator. So, so we worked on that and that was our kind of thing, right? It's like everybody's saying, oh, if you don't, if you don't pass, we'll give you your money back. But they're still out, you know, 100 or 150 bucks at testing center fees. So I thought, how can we make it like completely risk-free for someone to try this, right? So they, they're not out any money. They're just out some time if it doesn't work. So, so I implemented that and, you know, that, that helped a lot. It was different, right? And like try to be different than other people. So some people started writing about it and got, got a little bit of buzz on it. Is that, is that they have to complete your course and take the exam? And then if they don't pass, you'll refund or is it? Correct. Okay. So they couldn't just buy the course and then be like, "Mm, I didn't take the test. I didn't pass (laughs) in order to to get them. Okay. Okay. So so this is ensuring that they're serious. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I said, yeah. hey, listen, that's not fair. Like, you, you know, I'm not going to, you can't blame me for, or right. my, our company for you not passing if you didn't actually use the materials we gave you to prepare, you know? So we're, we're guaranteeing that our stuff works and that it's, it's the right things to study and that we will prepare you correctly. You know, you have to actually prepare, but yeah, so we're kind of guaranteeing that what we're offering is good and works. And I, one other thing that I found that really helps, especially when you're giving someone a lot of information, is to also provide like a guide on how to go through the information. Because sometimes when you give someone a lot, it just feels overwhelming and they'll procrastinate and they won't actually do it. So you have to think about ways, hey, how can I make this easier for them to digest? So one thing we did, one people thought, oh, I'm going to have to study for this for a long time. But we found out you can actually study, just spend a couple of days studying it and people will pass as long as you're like going through everything. So we created a guide and said, hey, listen, this guide will teach you if you have an hour a day to spend, you can go from nothing to being a certified drone pilot in seven days. And we made it into a nice PDF, with like checklists and what lessons to watch every day, what quizzes to take and what to focus on, you know, and just really like a lot of handholding. So it's like, hey, just follow this plan and you'll be a drone pilot in seven days. And I think that is really helpful for people to conceptualize the commitment involved, right? Because if they think, oh, I've got to pass this test at a testing center, it just sounds like, oh man, that's just, uh, it's too much, right? Yeah. But if you break it down for them, make it seem a little bit more- Achievable. Not palatable, but like achievable, yeah. Yeah. So we did that with that course and we're trying to start doing that with some of our other courses that have a lot in them to say like, hey, listen, let's just, let's make a, help you make a plan for every day, you do a little bit, or maybe every week you do this much. And then by a month from now, you're going to see these results or you should be you know, here. So I think that's, that's helpful so to that's help the students get over the course. that. Yeah. We offer that inside the course and we also offer that as a lead magnet too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we say, Hey, get our free guide. It'll tell you everything you need to study every, every day to pass for seven days. And we talk about our course inside it. We're like, Hey, even if you don't use our stuff, if you're like doing another book or another course, like you can still use this as like the topics you need to cover in that amount of time too. So. That's really cool. So you've, you've thought a lot about how you can help ensure success for your students. And then, I mean, that helps you get great testimonials. I mean, and build the credibility that you, you know, didn't have at the beginning. And so what do your funnels look like now? I know you've mentioned Google ads. I know you're doing paid ads. So what, what are like the traffic sources? And then what is the, what does the customer journey look like? Cause you also mentioned some people will be on your list for five or six months before they make that decision to purchase. Yeah, we typically have some lead magnets going. We got the seven days to certified guide thing. We've got the free trial stuff we offer. We've offered practice tests like, hey, here's a 10 question practice test with a bunch of explanations. And so those lead magnets always be will be running to get people on our email list, at least, and kind of start building a relationship. We try to offer, I don't know if you're familiar, like self-liquidating offers. We do that yep. sometimes where essentially they get something for free or maybe they get something for very cheap. And then on the next page, you... You give them an offer. Say, hey, listen, if for all of you who are interested or you're ready to pull the trigger now on this, here's a one-time offer for you. And, you know, that helps offset some of your ad costs. So we have that. 
one thing we really, I really liked lately is just doing like live webinars and training. So we'll say, Hey, this, whatever night we're going to talk about this topic. And so you get people on and you have their attention for a full, you know, hour and they'll ask you questions and you can just be helpful and help them. And then at the very end, you can make an offer. Oh, Hey, since you took the time to join this webinar, you know, for everybody on the call tonight, you get X numbers of dollars off of this program and the link is good till midnight, you know? And so that's good because then people are like, it helps build a relationship with them. And, and all. So, so we have a couple of different things going on. Our funnel, if you get into at least the practice test, the practice test funnel or the like free trial one, we send you, I think it's five days. Honestly, I wrote this funnel a while ago, but it's the first one is just, hey, like our story, right? Because we want to do, we, we made a goal to try to connect with our customers personally better than our competitors. I was kind of like, hey, if we're going to, I think people are going to do business with people that they feel like they can trust, right? So we put a lot of pictures in there of, hey, this is who I am. Here's our instructors. Here's our story. I talk about how I used to work at the FBI and how I went to flight school. I found old pictures of me, like 17-year-old David flying a plane, terrified. And then, took a, you know, put a picture in the email my last day at the FBI. I wore some, like, when I was working at the FBI, oh, I got a white elephant gift. They got this giant, like, lion costume. So I just wore that on my last day to work as kind of a joke. <laughs> So I put that picture in there, you know, just your, like lighthearted stuff to to help them feel like, oh, this guy seems like, you know, a normal, cool guy and, you know, allow them to be more familiar with us. So that's kind of the first email. And then we talk, I think, in later emails about different things you can do as a drone pilot and just kind of educating them and letting them know what to expect and then frequently ask questions about the test. And then we, we give them an offer kind of at the end of, I don't know, five days or so. And I think I want to say that funnel has like a 1% conversion rate. It's nothing outstanding, but I think it gets people on our email list and gets them a little bit warmer to us. And then typically about once a month, we will have pick a course, either we're launching a new course or we'll take another course that we've done in the past and we'll run like a special promotion on it. So we'll write a bunch of emails about that topic. And maybe like we've done things like a aerial video contest. So we get people to submit their best drone videos and pick out winners and give prizes, trying to try to engage people. And then we'll say, oh, hey, if you're looking to make great aerial videos, we've got our aerial video A to Z course half off for the next three days or whatever, you know. So we'll do that usually about once a month. And I think that's where we, you know, we get some sales coming in. So, so those are kind of our other courses, but the the test prep course sells pretty consistently because that's something that people always need through Google ads. We do a lot of Google ads, Facebook ads going, we have YouTube ads going, we have Bing ads. I'm not sure if you guys do much with Bing, but we, we typically have an older demographic on our customer base. And if you think about it, when people buy computers, the default web browser is like Microsoft Azure Internet Explorer, whatever it is. And the default search engine is Bing. So if you get a person, maybe they're, I don't know, they're not as well versed with technology. I'm not saying older people are not good with technology. My parents are great with technology, but some people like my in-laws, maybe they're not, they don't like to mess around with it. They're just like, I'm just going to set it up and just start clicking stuff. So we get a lot of Bing searches, surprisingly. Um, so we have Bing ads that are going and those work pretty well. Not a ton of volume, but it's, you know, several thousand dollars a month that come in. So if you're my competitor listening to this, please don't start bidding on Bing ads and make it more expensive for me. So you've got, you've got a lot of diversity though. And then I know you've been working on your SEO and all of that, but I really like the different promotions, giving people different chances, but also focusing on building that relationship and building that trust. But what does your team look like today? Because I know that's changed a lot over the years. And now, I mean, you can see many of your team members on your website. So what is, what is the structure of your team and how did that kind of evolve over the years? Yeah, I've gone through some staff members. I think you know, when, when people, especially online course businesses, it's normally, hey, I've got this single area of expertise. I'm going to teach other people 
And then maybe I'm going to get good at marketing or have like a contractor help me with some marketing. And you kind of get there. And that's where you kind of stop or you get stuck in that cycle of, all right, I'm the expert. It's just the solopreneur syndrome of like, you have to just do everything yourself, right? The marketing, you have to write all the emails. You have to do all the customer service. You have to do all that. Like, and there's just, there's just like a cap on human output, right? Like how much <laughs> productivity you can have, you know? And you're limiting yourself on how much your business can grow. Now, at first, like then you don't have much money coming in the door. You really don't have a choice. So it's fine at first, I think. But that's been the, probably one of my biggest areas that I've had to grow is like understanding when to hire someone and what roles people should have. And then, you know, what I actually need versus don't need and what I should pay. You know, it's just, there's no like manual. You're just kind of like randomly figuring it out. So my team today is I have someone, the title of marketing director. So she ends up, she, she writes, uh, she designs our funnels. She builds our, at, at this point, right? This is five years in. She writes all the copy for our sales pages. She at least does a first draft of copy for ads. I have a, a, a guy who's done my ads since almost when I started my business in like 2017. So he's got a team that'll do some like ad copy as well, but she'll at least get them kind of the rough draft, but she'll write all the sales pages. She'll, she'll first draft the emails. You know, I'll, most of the time I go in there and I read through them and I change a few things to make sure like, I wouldn't say that if that was me talking, so I'll change it around, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but she'll at least do first draft of emails, which is huge. Design funnels. She'll do click funnels pages. She'll do deadline funnels. She'll do Demio webinars. I mean, like any of the backend software, Zapier, ActiveCamp, all that stuff. She handles all of it. She's amazing, right? So she works for me almost full-time, not quite full-time, but, but she is an almost full-time employee. I have another person who does customer service and he started off as customer service only, but I'm slowly been using him more and more to help me with course creation, maintenance. He's actually created two courses for us, like mini courses on like how to use different drones and all the features and things like that. So he's created those courses entirely on his own, which is great. I'm proud of him for that. And, you know, he helps kind of make our courses better. So for instance, one of our courses he's going through right now to create a workbook for it to help students have more exercises to do and help them kind of digest the information a little bit better. So he's getting a little bit more like product creation and we're going to actually be hiring another customer service person to free up his time so he can do more of that and we can have one with customer service only. I have a full-time, this guy's on my website, but I have a full-time video editor in the Philippines. I originally found him on Upwork. He's worked with us editing course videos and I actually just ended up hiring full-time. Got another contractor in the Philippines. She helps with some social media stuff. I have... Actually, a friend of mine from the FBI, he helps me kind of like a part-time COO type of role. So he helps me, you know, we, he sets our, helps set our company goals and we meet weekly like, hey, where are we at with all of our stats and finances and projections and targets? And he's almost like a little mini life coach me like, all right, David, what are your priorities this week? What are you going to work on? What are you going to have done? So I have someone like holding me accountable for, you know, managing things and, and doing the right tasks. See, it's Jenny Bellson team. Like I mentioned I got a, an ads guy, but he's got an agency, but you know, he's a good friend of mine. We've worked together for about four years. And then we've got all of our instructors. They're all contractor, contract instructors, but we've got, you know, probably a dozen different instructors, people that have instructed. So they're not actively involved in the business all the time, but I'll go, I'll talk with them if we need updates and they help the initial kind of course creation. There's one guy that that is kind of very involved in his course, Alex Harris. He's created two courses with us and he's very active in keeping those maintained. And he actually does a lot of his own marketing for those two. So that's been a good partnership. But most of the other instructors are a little bit more passive there. Once their courses are created, we kind of take it from there. Yeah, that's that's kind of the team. Can I ask about how that works with the instructors? Do you like pay them for their involvement in creating the course? Do they get a cut of the revenues from those courses? How does that work? 
Yeah, I've done it a bunch of different ways. It's a mixture depending on what they're going to be contributing to it. So if it's like, hey, I'm making a course, I've designed the course, the course content, the topics. I just would like you to teach on this specific area. Like I just need you for like five videos to give your thoughts and opinions on how you do this part of your business, right? For that, I would just probably pay them like a consulting fee because they're just help write some curriculum, you know, maybe four or five hours of filming and then like their work is done. They don't touch anything else. You know? So, so that's, that's like uh, one of those. If it's we in the, in at the beginning, we did courses where it's like, Hey, listen, we'll just split all the profits 50, 50. And I think that works if your instructor is going to stay like actively involved and always be contributing to the course and, and working with students and, you know, like you need them for the long term, right? That keeps them invested. So that's worked out in that instance. So I think you just got, it just depends on like the role of instructor. And then I've done combinations of like consulting fee plus a little bit of a percentage of the revenue, you know? So I've played around with different models based on the agreement I have with that instructor as far as their role going forward in the course. So a little bit of everything. That's really interesting. That model of having instructors and, and realizing that you don't have to be the one to know all the things. And so does, I mean, I'm assuming your audience, you, you have so many instructors that you work with, but your audience is just fine with, you know, not having you be the teacher for everything I'm assuming. So can you talk a little bit about that? Well, you know what? It helps a lot with my like imposter syndrome, having other instructors, because I'm not like, I'll say I'm not like the world's best drone expert, right? I'm not like, I know about this. I started off instructing the FAA exam and I know, I mean, I know a lot about drones just from being in the industry for five years, but I'm not boots on the ground every day outside flying these complicated things that a lot of people can do. Right. And there's no way I could do that and run this business to the best I can and know about marketing and manage a team. Like it's just impossible. Right. So I've had to kind of recognize that, Hey, what I'm best at is growing the brand, knowing how to build a community, knowing how to do the marketing, building relationships with other people that can come teach. It's like, that's what I'm good at. So I'm, I just have to settle in and be like, okay, that's my role. And I need to find other people who are experts that I, I don't have to try to like pose as an expert that I'm not, right? I just have to go have other people who actually are experts. And so what actually happened is I'm, I, got, I found a lot of these people. I started a podcast where I interviewed drone pilots. And I would get people on my podcast, we would talk, we would just become friends, we'd keep in touch. And all of a sudden I'd be like, oh, hey, I'm talking to my audience. It sounds like they want to know about this. Oh, I interviewed a guy, he was really good at that. I'd hit him up. Hey, I think there's something there. Was that, would you be interested in that? They say, sure, let's do it. And then we end up making a course together. So now I can go to my audience and say, hey, you remember Cody, right? He was on season two, episode four of the podcast. You heard his whole story and his background. So like those instructors already had some trust, at least with the people who listen to the podcast. And if they hadn't listened to the podcast, we just linked to that episode and people could go listen to them for 45 minutes, talk about their business and how they built it. You know, So they're already were a little bit a part of like the drone launch family, if you will, by being on the podcast. So then when I brought them on as instructors, they already had a lot of credibility in the eyes of the people we were talking about the course to. That's really cool. That's a great way to look at it. And I mean, you've been able to diversify your offerings too. So how does that all work with so many, I mean, what did you say? 16 courses, you know, mini courses in there also, but yeah, they're not all like flagship courses, but yeah, there's like yeah. technically 16 courses. Yeah. So when you're, when you're promoting, you said you'll, you'll pick one a month. So do you have like a rotation schedule, but then you've also got evergreen strategies with your ads going, 
So I guess how, how, with so many different offers, how do you kind of keep people, especially with your ad strategy focused on just that offer? Are you using like exclusions in your audiences and all of that? Typically we'll do the most evergreen course we have is the test prep course, but it's evergreen as in we got ads running and deals running, but not everybody who's on our email list is always looking at those ads on Facebook or Googling, trying to find the deal or whatever. But if we present them an offer on the email list, and usually we'll make it a little bit better than like our evergreen offer. Cause it'd be kind of like, Oh, I could have just gotten this at any time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If they, if they do that. So for the evergreen ones, we'll try to make it a little bit better than they could normally get on, uh, on the evergreen stuff, but we really have two courses are like aerial video A to Z course. That's pretty evergreen with a webinar. And again, that webinar is run by the instructor. He he's actually really good at marketing himself. So that one's, that one's on evergreen and the test prep one is on evergreen, but the others, you know, people will find it organically and, and purchase them throughout the year, but the, they really do a lot better when we promote them to the email list. So when I say 16 courses, we have 16 courses, but for instance, like some of them will be mini courses and we'll almost offer them as like a package, right? So we have five different courses that make up one program. So we have this like drone business mastery program that helps you go from like nothing to having a successful drone business. So we have one course, it's called Powerful Online Presence. And it's like click by click how to set up a website for your drone service business, how to set up your social media profiles so that you're utilizing the best strategies that these big successful drone service companies are doing, you know, modeling the same thing how to you know do your SEO and what things to put on your website and the headline and this and that, how to do you know, all these different things, right? So that's one course, but it's a part of a larger program that's helping you start a drone business. Then the next course is called Drone Business Back Office. And I got my CPA on there and I got a drone insurance company to come on there and talk about how to set up your bookkeeping, how to set up your LLC, and then what to do for drone insurance and how to manage sales tax and all that, you know, so like different categories. So that way, if there's a drone business and they're like, oh, hey, actually I'm crushing it with my social media and all that stuff. I don't need the online presence stuff, but I don't know anything about, you know, like the back end of my business and how to manage all that. So, you know, they can pick and choose if they want, but then we'll sell it as like a bundle as well. So there's, there's courses like that we'll offer them as a package. Another one, we have a roof inspection course, aerial roof inspection pro, but there's a small mini course that's an add on to that. And you really need to take the roof inspection course first before you get this other one. It kind of like specializes you a little bit more in like the solar applications of it for like the solar industry. So again, that's like a, that's like a $99 course that attaches to like a, you know, $400 course. Um, so, so things like that. So, so sometimes the courses kind of go together when we're promoting them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So with your team, so not the instructors, but with your team members, I mean, it sounds like you've got really great people. So where do you find such great people? I know you found a few people on Upwork, but where, where do you find these, these people that are rock stars for your team? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, the original two employees I started out with, I don't have them anymore. You just sometimes, they were good for that, that season, but as my needs shifted, you know, I wasn't really able to shift them as well as I wanted to. So we ended up parting ways. Let's see, the, I've had hired people. They've just reached out to, some people have just reached out to me and said, hey, I'd love to work with you if I ever got the opportunity. Here's my background, whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then a couple months goes by and all of a sudden, oh, hey, I actually need that type of skill set or that position. I'll go back. And I said, hey, you still interested in doing a project together? So typically we'll, I'll bring someone on as like a contractor for like a month or two just to see like, hey, do we work well together? Do you like me? Do I like you? Is this going to be a good fit? And then if it's good, then we can like set up a long-term working relationship. 
So the person I have now, the guy I talked to you that was a part of, uh, does my customer service and is doing more production. Mm-hmm. He, I was on Instagram. I did some like Instagram story, like showing people my office or something like that. And he replied, oh, hey, I'm actually only like 45 minutes away from you. You know, if there's ever a chance to work with you, I'd love to like chat. And, and then he ended up working for me like, I don't know, six or nine months later, something like that. So when I, when I had a need. This, the, my, my marketing person, I, I realized that I needed a marketing person. And just, I had a friend who said, oh, there's this girl, she works for me. She's really great working. She, yeah, she's hardworking. She might be interested. And so I talked to her and it was just a, a referral. And then she ended up quitting, <laughs> quitting his business and then working almost full time for me. So it ended up working out because he was trying to hire a different type of person. So he was happy to see her pick up the hours with me that she lost with him. Um, so that was that. And then other people have just been former coworkers a lot of times, people that I can, that I kind of trust their judgment and abilities to learn quickly. So it's a mixture of, I found somebody on, I had an assistant for a while. I found her on Craigslist. I just posted for, you gotta be with Craigslist. I had a long screening questionnaire at the beginning. So that weeds a lot of people out that aren't, aren't really serious. And I made them submit a video of themselves and a lot of people don't want to do that. So that at least gives you the people that are serious. So I think I did like New York City, Chicago, something else, because this was a virtual person. So she worked for me for a while. She ended up moving on because she wanted to kind of start her own stuff as well. So, so yeah, it was kind of a mixture of everywhere. But, you know, I think the key is you got to just make sure people are in the right seats and have the right fit. And you're never going to know for sure, but you just try it out. And if you're just like, hey, you know what? This isn't really like working out the way I wanted. You know, you can be gracious and kind, but you just have to make hard decisions that are, that are good for your business, not just try to worry about hurting, not hurting people's feelings, you know, because people understand. I remember the first time I had to let someone go, I was like terrified. And when I told them, they're like, okay, that makes sense. You know, it was great working with you, but it's cool. And I was like, oh, you're not like upset. You know, <laughs> you just got to make, you, you got to make choices that are best for your business and in a gracious way. Yeah, that's great advice. So where is Drone Launch Academy going next? What is what is coming up for you? Well, we've got a course actually tonight. We're launching a new course. We've got a webinar tonight with one of my friends who runs a drone, almost like an engineering company that uses drones for mapping inspections and who works for like infrastructure energy companies. So we're launching that tonight. I'm excited about that. And we're going to teach that live over six weeks and then we'll turn it into like a nice, you know, studio version course later in the fall. So yeah, so that's, that's the next thing we got to knock down and we're still working on improving some of our courses and helping people with drone businesses. So excited about those two, those two things in particular. That's awesome. Very cool. David, this has been such a great conversation. I've learned so much. I mean, so many great insights from, and I appreciate your openness with sharing, you know, what didn't work especially, but then you kept going. So what, what really kept you going? I'm wondering what, like you, you knew you had worked so hard on this that you needed to figure it out Mm. or what kept you motivated to keep figuring, you know, keep trying to figure out what what would work in the end. Motivational Instagram quotes, probably. (laughs) I mean, but I said, I'm getting around, but to be honest, I remember being really bummed out in certain times and, you know, I think, oh, these accounts are really stupid on Instagram. They're like, you can do it. But at the time I was following something. I remember I came across something. It was a, I don't know if this is a totally made up stat or not, but it's like Coca-Cola's first year in business, they only sold 20 bottles of Coke. And I'm like, what? And that just illustrated to me. And of course they've been around forever. And again, I don't even know if that's true, but at the time it's, it spoke to me. And I was like, you know what? Nobody like just blasts off like a rocket when they first are many, most people don't, you know, maybe that happens every once in a while, but maybe those people fizzle out. So I thought, you know what? I think half the battle is just staying in the game. You know, if you can just like figure out how to just keep going, like, and survive, like you'll figure it out and and it'll work. So I just kind of, I don't know, can't believe that. I had a lot of good supportive friends too, that I could bounce. They would almost just be like my like mini counselors, right? I just come to them with all my anxieties and problems and they'd encourage me like, no, dude, just 
give it another shot or give it another, give it another four months or whatever. You know, I, I go through ups and downs all the time. So I was, it's, it's crucial to have people where you can be like, nothing's working. I feel like a failure. And they can be like, well, maybe that didn't work, but keep going or try this or, you know, just having someone to talk to really helps. So I think that's really important for anybody out there, whether it's just a friend or a coworker or your spouse or whatever. So that's, that's been pretty important. I think if I hadn't had that, I would have quit way sooner. Yeah. So important. Well, I'm glad you kept going. And I know you've got thousands and thousands of students now who are happy that you kept going too. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast and being so open and sharing your journey with us. I absolutely love hearing your story and I knew bits and pieces of course from before, but I really appreciate you sharing today. So where, where can people go to learn more about you and what you've got going on? Well, you can uh, follow us on Instagram. This is drone launch on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm not, I'm not super active on LinkedIn, but LinkedIn and then Instagram. I don't even remember what my Instagram handle is now. I think it's the Davy Gravy, something like that. But you can link me up there. I'm on there sometimes. But check us out on, on, on the Drone Launch Instagram if you want. And uh, that's probably the best place to find out what's going on. Cool. Okay. Well, we'll put all the links in the show notes. And of course, check out his podcast too. And he's got interesting guests on the podcast as well. So thank you so much, David. It's so great to chat with you. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, you too, Monica. Thanks for having me. It was, it was a lot of fun catching up. It is always great catching up with David and hearing what he's got going on. David and I would love to know your biggest takeaways from this episode. You can share those with us in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 112 or tag David and me on Instagram. I'm at Flourish with Monica and he's at Drone Launch. And I want to give a huge thank you once again to David for coming on the podcast and sharing his story and his wisdom with us. He is up to great things. And if you're interested in learning more about building a business with drones, he is the man to follow. Check out his podcast called Drone to 1K and definitely check out his courses. You'll find all the links and resources that we mentioned in this episode at monicalouie.com slash 112. And thank you so much for joining David and me today. If you are ready to scale your business with Facebook ads, then check out my free Facebook ad starter kit. You can find that at monicalouie.com slash guide. The starter kit takes you through these six simple steps to creating campaigns that convert. Plus, there's an awesome checklist so you can make sure you've got everything you need before you dive into the ads manager. And if you're like me, then you appreciate a good checklist. And big news, Flourish with Facebook ads is now fully updated with all the changes for iOS 14. So if you're ready to up-level your business this year with Facebook and Instagram ads, this is the program that will walk you through exactly how to do just that. You can learn more at monicalouie.com slash flourish. And if you're interested in learning more about how my team and I might be able to help you with your Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest ads, go to monicalouie.com slash WWM. We have information there about our services. As I mentioned, we'll have all the links and resources that we mentioned in today's episode in the show notes, which you can find at monicalouie.com slash 112. If you found this helpful, be sure to follow the show in your favorite podcast app so you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Brand new episodes come out every single Thursday. We've got a ton of great episodes heading your way. That's all for today. Take care, stay healthy, and let's flourish. Let's flourish.